do you know what time it is? It's supernatural story time. And if you're easily scared, and even if you're not, there's only one thing left to do. Just turn off the lights, because these are stories that you listen to only in the dark. Twilight Tales, Volume 1, Story Number 1. I worked as a burial ground custodian or a grave digger for a year in my hometown in Ontario. I was asked to clean the main mausoleum from top to bottom. My boss gave me the keys the day before and said I could come earlier to get a head start before the cemetery was open to the public. 5 a.m. rolled around and I got to the mausoleum. It was the largest building on the grounds with giant windows on all sides. My daily tasks included dusting from ceiling to ground, wiping down urn display cases carefully, cleaning ornaments, wreaths, and other general custodial duties. I locked the main entrance and began to clean. While vacuuming a side hallway, I kept on hearing a distinct humming sound. I disregarded it at first and assumed it was the furnace. About a minute later, though, the melodic humming began to get louder, to the point that I thought maybe the radio was on. I shut the vacuum off completely, and the room was dead silent. Strange. I turned my phone on silent just in case. A few minutes later, as I was cleaning out a display case to wipe it down, I was reaching for an urn and I heard someone loudly whisper my name from right behind me. I was so startled I almost dropped the urn, as only my mother calls me by my first full name, and usually when she's scolding me. Being completely freaked out, I stopped what I was doing and exited the side entrance to smoke a joint to calm my nerves. I had a lot of work to do still. I walked about 20 feet away from the building when I noticed a short lady standing near the main entrance of the building, inside. She looked as if she was paying her respects to someone in particular. She was facing away from me. How did she get inside, I thought. She would have had to sneak through the side entrance while I was outside smoking, but it was in plain sight the whole time. The cemetery gates were still locked too. Thinking someone was potentially trespassing, I ran back into the building through the side entrance. There was nobody in or around the building. Security footage showed nothing suspicious. Before I got back to working, I checked a funeral recess and the crypt to see who she could have been visiting. It was where my old Italian babysitter is kept. She passed away when I was about four or five, and I never went to her burial because I had an anxiety attack during the memorial service. I didn't even know she was in the mausoleum. I spent about 70% of my childhood at her house, and she always liked to hum while she cooked and gardened. Other than my mother, she was the only other person that addressed me by my full name. She was about 5 feet 1 inches tall, too. Story number 2 I was working in Kuwait on an old military base about 20 minutes outside of Iraq. The base had been overrun by Iraq during the first Gulf War. I'm not sure how many died at the base, but the Kuwaiti generals were hanged by the Iraqi military on the base flagpoles while the remaining alive staffs were lined outside the old building of the Kuwaiti Officers Club and were shot to death by the Iraqis. In return, the base was taken back with the help of the U.S. All around the base there were these small buildings. There were these small buildings that we worked out of from time to time. I was an aviation mechanic, and apparently back in the day, they served as bomb-proof hangars for fighter jets and storage. Well, 
when the U.S. and partners took it back, they bombed the hell out of the base using bunker busters, and it turns out the hangars were not as bombproof as they thought. What was left of these hangars with gigantic holes on top of them, about 12 feet of concrete and rebar. The inside of the hangars were a mess, everything you'd expect from something that was blown up. Our particular location was really secluded and quiet, and at times I would be the only one there. One night, my crew loaded up and went to get food. I had to stay behind as I was in the middle of a job. While working, I heard something that sounded like footsteps in the sand behind me. Imagine Kuwait desert like a beach with no water. So I turned around thinking one of my crew was back and forgot something. It turned out no one was there. I shook it off and continued to work and then a few minutes later I heard movement in the sand again but this time it sounded like running and I instantly thought my crew was messing with me so I turned around expecting to get tackled or be put in a headlock as we would always mess around like that but I turned around to nothing. Not much I could do but run into the hangar and when the crew returned with the food I told them what happened. They called me crazy and we laughed it off. A few nights later, the same type of situation, but I wasn't alone. My supervisor was with me, and we both heard running footsteps. Only this time, we heard screams coming from the direction of the hangar. We knew for a fact that we were the only ones there. Through our time there, we all began to experience similar situations. Most common would be the footsteps running in the sand, our names being called by no one, and the screams. Once my supervisor was listening on the radio for a plane to land and suddenly heard a woman crying. He threw the headset down and ran over to me and said, Dude, I think I'm losing my mind. I remember him being pale-faced and frightened. Mind you, he was not the type to admit being scared. We didn't tell anyone about it. About a week later in our office, our logistics clerk was on the phone ordering parts and she suddenly screamed and chucked the phone. There's a lady crying on the phone. My supervisor looked at me and he went on to tell her what he had heard on the radio. We didn't really know how to react. I think we were relieved that we weren't going crazy and that it was happening to everyone. Next story. I worked at a gas station that opened at 5 a.m. I had to be there at 3 a.m. to prep breakfast and lunch. It would just be me in there until 5 and it's a very small town. My sleep schedule would be getting home around 1 and sleeping from 2 to 10 p.m. That way I'd be up and wide awake for work, which worked great for me. I started to have experiences though. All the cooler doors would open at once. I would hear voices in the back. Items would fall off the shelf in front of me. A strange bad feeling came from the fountain pop area in the back. I was once smoking outside and the cop came by and asked if everything was all right. I told him it was. He said someone driving by saw someone smoking outside and two people watching from the windows inside. I let him walk around inside to make sure, but there was no one there. I would try to figure out what was causing these experiences. I found that the cooler doors opening was the cooler defrosting at night, and the big fans kicked back on in the morning. The voices, I would try to investigate, but never could find the source inside or out, and eventually just started wearing earphones. The items on the shelf I never could figure out either. It would be random and I thought mouse or rat, but they were on hooks or there wouldn't be any room behind the items for the critters to run. Still unsure about that one. For the most part, I would just try to ignore it. This all came together for me one morning. I was making breakfast with my headphones on. 
To my left was the oven counter, and to my right was the aisle that led to the fountain pops. I noticed from my peripherals the fountain pop area seemed to get darker. I ignored it. found if I ignored these experiences, they tended to just go away. I noticed the darkness getting darker and closer. Ignore it. Suddenly, that darkness ran at me. It felt so real that I jumped backwards and held my fist up ready to fight the intruder. I was met with a burst of cold air. I took a 20-minute break after that and later asked my boss to switch me to another shift. I almost had no experiences after that. We had an old World War II vet that would come in and I'd let him have coffee and for free and donuts because he was a vet and always a very nice man. I asked him what this place was before a gas station. He said it was a spring factory. He even worked there for a while before it closed. I asked him if anything happened there. He said he remembered hearing about one lady who worked third shift. She was the only worker around that time, maintaining the machines before the shift starts for the day. He said she had a heart attack and died in there. After that, no one was allowed to work alone. I asked him if he knew where this happened. He pointed near the fountain pops. Next story. This is not my experience, but my mother's. She's a CPA and her office used to be a hundred year old house that had since been renovated and rezoned for commercial use by the town. Mom loved the history and the old stuff in general and it was in a great location so leasing the small house for her office was a no-brainer. Pretty immediately after shifting operations to the house, she started hearing footsteps. Things would be moved. Just your standard, is there something here stuff? Mom was really open-minded about paranormal stuff and even has gone on overnight lockdown tours of infamous asylums with me and my brother over the years. My brother and I would experience little things from time to time when we would be there as well, but nothing ever felt aggressive or negative. So we just kind of accepted it and moved on until the following tax season rolled around. It was not unusual for my mom to put in 12 to 16 hour days during tax season. She was a small shop with a lot of complicated clients, mostly rich people who wanted to pay as little taxes as possible. And we would sometimes go days without seeing her. One night, she was working late at the office and had sent both of her assistants home to get some rest. It was about 2 a.m. when she decided she needed to wrap it up. So she saved everything, turned off her computer, turned off the lamp and overhead light to her individual office and closed and locked her office door. She then went down to the kitchen area to load and run the dishwasher and tidy up a bit before locking up the house and walking to her car. When she got out into the driveway, a light on the upstairs caught her attention through the window. It was a lamp in her office. It was still on. Thinking that she just was overtired and forgot, she put her stuff in the car, went back into the office, and headed upstairs to turn the light off. She said that when she got to the top of the stairs, it was freezing. She swore that if it wouldn't have been so dark in the hallway, she would have been able to see her breath. This was late March, early April, and was already pretty warm outside. We lived in the south, so there was no reason for it to be so cold. Plus, she had just been up there 10 minutes earlier, packing her things up, and the temperature was fine at that point. So she walked down the hallway towards her individual office, and the first thing she noticed was that her door was wide open, the same door she had closed and locked before leaving. As she entered, she saw that her computer was booting up, showing the little screen with the Windows logo, and then flashing dark before bringing up the login screen 
as if someone had powered on 15 seconds before she walked in. She figured that she had hit restart instead of shutdown, an easy mistake when you're tired. But even she wasn't really totally convinced of that because if she had hit restart, it would have finished booting up way before she walked back in there. It takes, what, three minutes for a computer to restart? She had been downstairs long enough to rinse dishes, load the dishwasher, take out a bag of trash, gather her stuff, lock up, and then go out to her car. But what really freaked her out was what she saw when she got closer to the computer screen. In the login bar, where you are supposed to type your password, the words LAMP ON were typed in all caps. She didn't bother shutting down the computer or turning off the lamp. She turned around and got out of the house as quick as she could. She continued to work out of the office for another three or four years after that. But she never turned the lamp off again. Next story. I used to work at a mental institution that was once the site of arson and murders of several patients in the 1940s. I will not say the city this is in because it is well known there. The head nurse in the hospital is actually a former patient who graduated and came back to work there after college. The head nurse apparently locked everyone in their room as usual one night and then proceeded to set fire to the building. This was one of the cases that led to changes in the laws regarding fire escapes. The stairwells in this old building were made of wood and that's where the fire was started. The responding fire department was able to rescue the people locked in their rooms on the first and second floors but they couldn't access the third floor due to the burning stairwell. All of the rooms on the third floor also had bars over the windows blocking the firemen from getting access from outside. Sadly, the nine patients on the third floor all burned to death while many people were gathered below unable to help. The old news stories say that several of the patients were trying to break down the bars over the windows but were not successful before they succumbed to the fire. I knew nothing of this when I began working there as a crisis counselor. I often worked at the overnight shift and I got kind of used to the quiet and solicitude. It was within the first couple of months that myself and a few colleagues were hearing strange sounds coming from the third floor. It was low senses in the first couple of months of my working there with no patients on the third floor. These sounds were usually loud bangings coming from one of the locked rooms after 2 a.m. I was not able to locate the source of the loud banging that would seem to go on for about two or three minutes at a time unless I unlocked the room it came from. In those cases, it would stop immediately. The weirdest experience working there, though, was one night when I was getting a snack in the locked kitchen on the ground floor after dark. I was inside the locked kitchen with the only key when suddenly there was a gigantic bang crash that made me jump. I was very startled. I stood facing the walk-in freezer where it had come from. It sounded as if someone had pounded two fists on the metal door as hard as they could. As I watched it happen again and the heavy metal door shook. After about five seconds I was thinking somehow a person had snuck in inside behind me and was hiding inside the freezer. I took a few steps forward planning on snatching the door open to catch them in the act but then the loud pounding came again and the door opened on its own. As I watched it open probably about eight inches it hung there motionless for a few seconds which it should not have been able to do before closing again. I was frozen to the spot as this happened and I watched it once again open on its own before shutting. I watched for maybe another 20 or 30 seconds before I reached out and opened it. There was no one inside. 
I could not find anything knocked over or on the floor either. The freezer was quietly humming as usual. To this day, I don't know what could have caused the extremely loud banging on the door or explain how it opened. The heavy door has a big latch that must be either pulled inside or out before it will open. I told my co-workers about this too, but I don't think they believed me. In the remaining five years I worked there, it never happened again. Many staff and patients heard the loud banging on the third floor, but I never heard anyone share anything about the weirdness in the kitchen. Next story. This happened to me and a friend of mine in New Orleans. I rarely tell this story because to tell it is to relive it, and to relive it is highly emotional for me. Yet here I am, about to tell you my story, because this happens, and it feels good sometimes to talk about it. So many years ago, in my very late teens, I lived in a large old house in New Orleans that had been divided into two apartments, the upstairs and the downstairs. We lived upstairs, four of us, two boys, two girls, which equaled two couples. It was a one-bedroom apartment with a large separate living room that my boyfriend and I turned into our bedroom. Since we had made the living room into our bedroom, the only common space available was the kitchen. So we stuck a couch in there with a few chairs so that we could hang out together or with friends. So when this incident happened, we were already quite aware that there was something paranormal afoot. Since by then, we had already had multiple individual experiences with what we suspected to be a ghost. It was just two of us, the other lady roommate and I, home by ourselves, while the boys were at work, chatting in the kitchen. I was sitting on the couch, which was against the wall and next to the refrigerator, or rather in front of the refrigerator. It's difficult to explain the layout in words, but it's important to know that you could only open the fridge door about a foot before it hit the right arm of the couch. I was sitting on that side of the couch. My roommate, casually was sitting across from me on a crappy folding chair. So there we are chatting, just talking about our lives, when eventually a conversation turns into one about our ghost. I'm a pretty perceptive person when it comes to the emotional ambiance of a room, a situation, or a person. I remember stating that I felt that our ghost had no ill intent. I felt that well, whoever or whatever it was just wanted our attention. Then, with a smirk, my roommate said, well, I don't get it. If it wants our attention so bad, why doesn't it just leave a note on the refrigerator door? I swear to God, not even a second later, boom, a very loud noise came from the appliance in question, right next to me. It was so loud it sounded like someone kicked it with the strength of a football player, or there was some sort of explosion inside. Startled, I immediately ran over to the chair next to her, so that we were closer together and facing the fridge. Freaked out was an understatement. Our hair stood on end. We could feel a shift. What was the likelihood that such a loud noise would come from the fridge when she had just mentioned it? As we nervously chattered about it, I kept glancing over at its door and noticed some odd scratches, or etches rather, on the door that I had never noticed before. It looked like someone had tried to scrawl some letters into it, with a hard, blunt object and a lot of force. However, I didn't mention it because I figured they had always been there and I had just then noticed it because of the situation. Logical, right? But shortly after my silent observation, she mentioned it. Turns out she hadn't noticed it before either. 
Could it be that it had always been there? Or that it had appeared after the loud noise? We couldn't say either way. We just sat there and pondered out loud until the boys came home. As soon as the boys arrived, and before telling them our story, we pointed to the etching and asked if they had noticed it before. I mean, it was right there, about six inches across, very obvious. Both of them denied having noticed it before. My boyfriend even went on to say he did a full inspection of the fridge before moving in and didn't see it. We then told him the story. We wondered how much blunt force it would take to make such deep lines and such a hard surface. So my boyfriend, who was quite strong at the time, took a screwdriver and stabbed the door as hard as he could with his sharp end. It barely made a scratch. Weird, huh? But the weirdest part comes after examining it. Like I said, it looked as if someone had tried to scrawl a word into the door. It looked like it said, Ha! I'm so glad I don't live in New Orleans anymore. Next story. I used to work IT for a public library system that consisted of four libraries in four different towns. The main branch, which was where my office was located, used to be an old train station and was widely rumored to be haunted. I occasionally worked nights if I felt like it, and it didn't really take me too long to become a believer. I can remember many nights becoming so scared that I stood up and walked out, literally terrified, with only my keys. I would leave my laptop, my work, and personal items lying on my desk. I just wanted to make it to the door. I was that scared. During one summer, my son, who was around 10 at the time, wanted me to take him ghost hunting at the library so we could try and collect EVPs on digital recorders and ghost pics on our digital cameras. We would call out to the spirits while recording and taking pics. On one very memorable Saturday night, the place seemed super active. We could hear rustling in the stacks and caught a whispered voice counting on our digital recorders. The scariest thing was this. I was calling out, if anyone is here, give us a sign. When we heard what sounded like someone with a book close by just a few shelves over from us. As we walked closer and rounded the corner, we saw a book fall to the floor. I felt like we were in danger, so we left immediately. But it doesn't end there. The next day was Sunday, and the library was closed. So we woke up early and went back to the scene of the crime to see if a book was lying on the floor where we thought it should be. And it was. But that's not all. It was lying open and faced down to a specific page. I picked it up and read from that page, and it said, Mr. Smith picked up the bloody knife and proceeded to finish off his latest victim. Only Mr. Smith was not the name in the book. Instead, the name was my last name, which isn't near as common as Smith. Fifteen years have passed, and that memory is just as fresh as the day it happened. Next story. I used to work at an arcade. Not just an arcade, but that's the best description of the place. It also had a go-kart track, mini golf, a water park, as well as a laser tag arena, which is where all the happenings that I experienced took place. I'm just going to tell my most notable story. And here we go. The story goes that the haunted restaurant next door closed down. The restaurant had been there since the 1930s. This restaurant was pretty historical and a popular one. Supposedly, there were three ghosts now located in the laser tag arena that came over from the Homestead restaurant when it closed. We called the main ghost Toby, and I believe he was the one I had this experience with. 
I was repainting a laser tag one night with two other people. I just got there, it was about two in the morning, and you have to paint when the park is closed. My co-worker, who I'll call James, left uh, the laser tag to go find paint rollers. My supervisor was upstairs in her office doing whatever on the computer. I got to work repainting a black wall with the paintbrush. I had its UV light paint so the black lights were on. There were two ramps going up or down on the opposite side of the arena. It's a two-story arena. James was on the other side of the park, across the water park, in our paint storage. A good five or ten minute walk away. About fifteen or twenty minutes here and there. He was nowhere near me. My manager was outside of the arena, across the arcade, up the stairs, in her office. Not her either. There was one entrance into the arena, and I was practically standing in it. I was painting when I heard rapid footsteps going down the ramp on the left side of the arena. I stopped what I was doing and stood there. I can remember the chills and I could hear my heart slamming in my chest. I called for James and heard nothing. A few seconds later, footsteps again, this time going down the ramp on the complete opposite side of the arena. No time for a second person to get that far without any noise. I was frozen and I had serious goosebumps. A few moments later, I heard a young male's voice behind me whispering for me to get out. I cannot tell you how quick I dropped that paintbrush and ran out the exit. I hopped up the stairs to see my supervisor, who was still on the computer. James came upstairs from the water park entrance a few moments later. Don't think I've ever been so scared in my life. I finished the paint job that night, but never went back into that arena by myself after that night. Next story. I worked in a children's emergency room and have seen and heard my fair share of things. A couple of years ago, I was working third shift, which is 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., and it had been an unfortunate evening. We had lost a child, a regular patient of the department earlier in the shift. Well, that is something that stays with you. Usually around 3 a.m., we were able to start closing down hallways due to the lower volume of patients and I decided to take a much-needed break, away from the noise in one of the closed hallways. I was hiding away in the unit secretary area of the hallway when I heard a child's laugh and footsteps running down the hallway into a room. Again, this isn't a particularly unusual thing, but I wanted to investigate because there shouldn't be a child running around unattended in the closed area of the ED. I walked in the room where I heard the child and it was completely empty. Lights were still off. Behind me I heard the same thing but in another room, but this time the light switched on. Again, I went in, investigated, and it was empty. Confused, I turned the light off and went back to the desk. I sat there for a few more minutes and I saw the light switch back on in one of the rooms and shortly after I heard the same laugh. I got up and started walking to the room. As I got closer, the child laughed again and the light switched off right before I got there. At this point, I could hear my heart pounding through my chest, like I knew something wasn't right. I walked into the room and turned the light on, and my heart dropped. Sitting on the bed was a patient I had come to know very well throughout the years. It was the patient that I had watched pass away several hours ago in our trauma room. I immediately started tearing up, and I remembered wanting to say something, but the words wouldn't come out. He looked at me, laughed, and just like that, he was gone. Maybe I was sleep-deprived and seeing things. 
But in that moment, I felt a sense of peace. And it was an experience that I will never forget. Next story. I work at a local store that's a gift shop, flower shop, coffee shop, in our main street. Now the main street, of course, is a strip of shops set alongside the road. However, back in the early 1900s, all the stores were connected through tunnels in the basements. Now the tunnels are all bricked up, but there's the rumors about how the tunnels were used for illegal activities and stuff. Well, ever since I started working there, which is about two years ago, my workers were always telling me stories about little weird things that happened. Footsteps heard, noises in the back, hearing the door ring, but no one is there. We have two back doors and one front that rings when open. Nothing has happened to me until recently. Now, my manager says she can feel the vibes and energy of the spirits or ghosts or whatever are in the stores. She believes that they feed off fear and those are the most fearful that have the paranormal stuff happen to them. So my co-workers have the most sensitive energy, whereas mine isn't sensitive at all. My friend started working with me, and the first time she opened, we had one opener who works alone for about two or three hours at 7 a.m. She was in tears calling our manager to come in. She was beyond scared, saying she kept hearing footsteps coming up behind her and hearing things move around. She refused to open after that. My other co-worker, which we'll call S, she had a story every other day. Often she swears there's a customer in the store, but when she gets closer to greet them, there's no one there. She also sees someone peek out from behind our main displays or around the corner of the walls and entryways. However, one instance that really got me believing, remember my vibes and energies or whatever isn't prone to sensing spiritual activity or whatever, was when I was closing with my co-worker S. We were just finishing up locking the doors and closing the registers. I was at the front register putting the money up and my co-worker was coming towards me from the flower shop located in the back. Just as she was entering the register area where I was, we heard a wind chime clearly and loudly ringing in the flower shop. Now, she was definitely way past it for it to start ringing. There was no way her just walking past was going to set it off that bad. Since we were closing the ACs or fans were already off, it was just me and her and later we found out the middle piece of the wind chime was missing so the only way it could have made that much noise was if someone moved it violently. Answers? No. We never got any. <laughs>